our confession night. I believe God has a word for us. Let's say this together if you want to put that up on the screen for us, Vicki. Are you all here on purpose? Because you have a purpose? Okay, here we go. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Well, um, I do believe I have a word. Last week we talked about the miraculous. Uh, I just believe we are in a season of miracles that are coming, and I just praise God for Danny Jones uh, and his confession of faith, the fact that he continues to confess what God says to doctors, to nurses, to anybody who says you're going to have to do more radiation or you're not going to have to do anything because we can't help you or whatever they say, he just always says he's healed. And uh, I believe we're seeing a manifestation of the truth that he has spoken, but it's what he believes in his heart. Everybody say, believes in his heart. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about defy the odds. You know, I was thinking about that and um, defy the odds. You know, it's kind of like the ball games right now, the baseball games. I don't know if any of you are watching them. I watch them because my husband loves baseball, especially loves the Yankees. And last night, the Yankees were down a couple of games ago. They had lost two. There's only seven games. They have to win at least four to go forward into the World Series, and they were down two. Last two nights, they won both games in New York, set a record, and the odds were against them. Everybody say the odds. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the enemy is still... Uh, in the earth. He hasn't been sent to his final place of confinement. So we are battling all the time powers and principalities, the work of the enemy against our lives, and his desire is that we be destroyed. God's, his decision is that we overcome. It's already been decided we win. Everybody say it's already decided. However, if we don't declare we win, if we don't make that confession, if we don't uh, defy the odds every day in every situation that we face. Today, I went to pick up my granddaughter, and uh, how many of you have ever been in a car rider line? That's the craziest thing yet, those car, those car rider lines. And uh, she always says, get there early, Grandma, because I don't want to be the last one to get picked up on the car rider line. Well, to get there on time to be the first, you'd have to get there at 3 o'clock, and they don't dismiss till 3.25. These parents are really, they are really there. They are on it. And uh, I'm a grandma. I'm not as on it. But today, I made it to the second row. So she was delighted that I made it a little bit sooner. But while I was in the car rider line, because I had to be there quite a while, I had three texts, three different situations where people said to me, please pray because we're going to have to defy the odds is what they were saying. And I felt like God was saying to me, this is something that the enemy is doing, whether it's in sickness and disease, whether it's in finances, no matter what it is, relationships, the enemy wants us to believe that we cannot win. 
but we have to defy the odds. And I was thinking of the story. It's one of my favorites. It's in Second Chronicles 20. And if you want to turn there, if you have your phone or whatever, but Second Chronicles 20 is about Jehoshaphat. And since I love to worship, I believe there's power in worship. Um, I believe a lot of people um, oftentimes don't realize the significance of what we do at the beginning of the service in this church and in every church, whether they're singing a hymn. You know, the devil will flee hymns. I know that's unusual to a lot of charismatics because we feel like we have to have drums and guitars, but a, a, a pipe organ will scare the devil just as badly. Can I say that again? Any musical instrument praising God will frighten the enemy. And he hates the praise to God. And the Bible says that his works are destroyed when we are praising God. And it may not be right here in this sanctuary. It can be a distance away. Praise brings deliverance. Everybody say deliverance. And uh, so I love this story because it's such an example of it. But it's Jehoshaphat and um, Again, he had the odds against him. I want to read to you from Second uh, Chronicles 20, and I'm going to read a little bit of it. You won't see it on the screen, but it says, It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And that's exactly what every day can be in the life of a Christian, and especially if you're moving against the gates of hell. If you're the one prevailing against the gates of hell, the devil does not like that. And he will begin to resist. And it says, then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a multitude, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hezazon, Tamar, which is in Gedi. I've been to in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. You know, fasting and prayer bring results. And so he began to seek God. It says he feared. His emotions, his natural inclination is the odds are against me. It says there's a great multitude coming and they're not coming for lunch. You know, they're not coming for a party. They're coming to destroy Jehoshaphat. And so, and the children of Judah. So it says, um, he prays and he seeks God. Then Joseph stood in the assembly of the Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power? Everybody say power and might so that no one is able to withstand you. Everybody say, I can defy the odds. Because Jesus made uh, failure for us impossible. Do we fail at things? Yes, but we can never be a failure because we win. How can you be a failure and win? Does that make sense? Now, that's not to say we might fail in something we're trying to do, but we are not a failure. The same as we are not alcoholics even if we have been delivered from alcoholism, we do not have to say, I am an alcoholic. Granted, if we start drinking again, we may end up in that same situation, but we don't talk about what we were. We talk about who we are. Are you getting this? I can get real adamant about that one because of my uncle. You cannot say, I am an alcoholic, 
when he was living with us and he was delivered from alcohol, he said, I have to go to Alcoholics Anonymous and I have to say, I am an alcoholic. I have to stand up and say, I am an alcoholic. I said, well, you just stand up and say, I was an alcoholic, but I am no longer an alcoholic because I've been delivered by the power of that higher name. And that is Jesus. Oh, he said, I can't say that. I said, then don't go. Okay. (laughs) Verse seven. Are you not? I, I was just, He called me the warden. I was like the warden. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to your descendants of Abraham, your friend? Everybody say your friend forever. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it. What is he doing? He is reminding God of what a good God he is. You know, uh, he's, he's, he's setting himself in a position to live by faith. You know, when you remind yourself of how good God is, your faith starts rising. When you look at the circumstance and situation, your faith begins to drain. If you're going to defy the odds, you've got to start looking at how good God is, who you are, and that you win. Everybody say, I win. I always win. And so let's go down to verse uh, 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them, the, the ones that are coming against them? For we have no power against this great multitude. In other words, he recognizes that in his own strength, he cannot defeat the enemies that are coming against him. We cannot defy the odds unless we're standing on the word of God, on the truth of the word. And he says, we have no power that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. In other words, we're going to look at you and we have confidence that you are going to do something about this. He, if he didn't have confidence, he wouldn't be asking God. He wouldn't be reminding God of who, how good he is. And then it says, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, uh, the son of all the, that. And then it goes on and says, listen, all you of Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, O King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. Everybody say, we need to hear from God. And this is what it says. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. That means God knows that it's a great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen? How do we defy the odds? We stand in the position of who we are in Christ. Not who we are, but who we are in Christ. And then he goes on and it says, tomorrow, go down against them. Now, he hasn't told them anything except go against them. And this is a great multitude that's come to destroy them. They will surely come up from the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. That's how you defy the odds. You do what God says. And, you know, there's nothing there that says, take your guns, take your swords, take your, you take your spears. It just says, go out and stand still. Everybody say, stand still. How many of you know when there's a great multitude coming at you, your natural instinct is not to stand still? But in Jehoshaphat's case, we know the rest of the story. It says, so they rose, um, in in verse 20, uh, early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went, 
Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. You, it says, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Well, that's nice. That's a nice thing to say. But we're going up against a great multitude. What, what does that mean? I mean, if I said, Dolly, you listen, there's a big multitude of enemies coming against us. I want you all to go out in the parking lot and stand still. And I'm just going to tell you, listen, uh, believe in the Lord. And I'm sure you're all going to look at me like, <laughs> you want to go stand first? Because this is really, when you think about this story, it's not like there's a lot of information here. There's only information about God, who God is. And then it says, and, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. So I would say to all of you, now get out there in the parking lot, and we're going to do a little rendition of what a beautiful name it is. And I want you all to sing what a powerful name it is. And then I want you to start marching toward that place over there. And there's enemies right over that hill. But you just keep singing. You know, that's what you're going to do. You know, there probably wouldn't be a lot of volunteers. But it says they all marched, just like they were told. And who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And that's how they defied the odds. And this was the result. When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord said, now, who, who caused the, the people of Judah and Jerusalem to have a victory? It was the Lord. Because as they praised his name and lifted up who he was, he set, everybody say God set. God set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Goes on to say they were destroyed. Not only were they destroyed, but the children of Judah and Jerusalem, or of Israel, they collected all the spoil. They never did anything according to the scripture, but sing and collect the rewards. Now, that's why we worship on Sunday morning and Wednesdays. You know, you may say, well, I'm not a singer. Well, then just, you know, lift your voice. God, God doesn't care what you sound out. Your neighbor out here doesn't care what you sound like. It's that you're praising God for who he is. And he sets ambushes against your enemies when you're praising him. I believe that. I believe it's the word of God. It's in Psalm 149 also that he will buy nations which are powers and principalities. That's what that's translated as. And so the work of the enemy is bound by the power of God. When we're praising, God is setting ambushes for what the enemy's trying to do. And so when we defy the odds, that means we have to step out in things that we look like we would fail. We look like in the natural, I could die. You know, I went with my husband. He went to the doctor this uh, yesterday, and I went with him because I want to hear the report for myself. Because Pastor Bill comes home with all kinds of reports. That's absolutely the truth right there. Because when he comes home, you know, he just says, what do you say? He, that you're an excellent specimen of something. Yes, a fine specimen of manhood. And that he doesn't have to do housework anymore. Yeah, and I witnessed all that 
garbly gook that he said to the doctor. I, I saw it firsthand. But, you know, his confession is to the doctor, my plan is to continue with my life doing what I feel like God's told me to do. And if I die, I die. But I'm going to die doing what God told me to do. And the doctor said, that's fine. Take your medicines with you. (laughs) See if there's a hospital close by. Know where it is. And he did say that. (laughs) He did say that. And then he said, and if there's anything physical to do, like pumping a pump, get somebody else. That was his. And he said, and go. Go back. And then Bill said, Do you think I should give up housework? I'm thinking if you're brave enough to go to Sudan and do what you're going to do, you can do a dish. (laughs) Pretty sure. But he said yes. He said next time we'll probably have to put him on disability. (laughs) I said no. But he said, I mean, he flat out said to that doctor, and that doctor said, go. Go and do what you feel to do. I'm glad he's that kind of doctor. Now, he did say, be sure to take your medicine with you, because he's had experiences with my husband where he sometimes doesn't feel his meds are necessary. So he, you know, encouraged him to take his meds with him. But he was saying, if that's what you believe, everybody say, if that's what you believe, then do it. And when you believe that God is who he says he is, you can defy the odds. You can go against what the enemy is saying. Against you, against your children, against those, you know, that maybe you work with. You can stand in the gap for those same situations and defy the odds. Now, what it says is odds are conditions that make it difficult for something to happen. A difference favoring on of, on of two opposed things. A difference in terms of advantage and disadvantage. And uh, that's when I thought about your Yankees. And the Cubs. Now, the Cubs are in serious trouble. Really? Oh. And that's the truth. Um, The Yankees are winning. Okay, but the Cubs are three down, and if they lose tonight, it's over. Now, this is what God said to me. And I, I know God knows about betting because he said this to me. And I don't believe in betting or gambling. But there are people who bet on those odds. There are people who lay down money on odds. And it, what it came to me was horse racing. And the, the horse that has the greatest odds against them of winning, if that horse wins, the reward is really big. Sometimes when the greatest odds are against us, when we win, the reward is huge. And that's what I felt the Lord put in my heart. When those odds seem the greatest against you, go after it. And I'm not talking about horses or baseball. I'm talking about our war against powers and principalities. There are odds against us all the time. There were great odds against Danny. Uh, and, And Danny began to take those radiation treatments. And there were times where it didn't look in the natural like he was overcoming what was trying to overcome him. But he pursued it, Sheila, the same way, fighting a fight of faith. The key is you can't come off of that faith. You cannot go backward and start saying things that are against what you're believing. 
And uh, the next example I had was Jesus. You know, um, in Matthew 28, uh, it, this is, you know, Jesus, the devil thinks he's won. Jesus has uh, been crucified. Um, this, I mean, the odds of Jesus being anything after that cross were to people over. It was over. Everybody say it was over. And Jesus himself said it is finished. But what they didn't know was, it is finished, I win. Everybody say that. It is finished, and I win. Now, the, what, it didn't look like he won, but this is what it says in Matthew 28. The, now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid. You know, when God's going to show up, you'll find in Scripture a lot, it'll say, do not be afraid. When God shows up, it says, do not be afraid. Why? Because it's so awesome when he shows up. And it says, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified, which means he was dead. He is not here, for he has risen. Everybody say, he defied the odds. <laughs> In people's eyes, he, that should not have happened. But it did happen. And it says, he is not here, he's risen. Come see the place where he lay. And then, he, then they go to tell the disciples. Of course, if you read any of the Gospels, the disciples uh, didn't really believe at first that he had risen. That's how remote it was that somebody would be crucified and rise again. You know, you may have a circumstance that looks like it's, it's just so remotely possible that nobody's going to believe that God could do something with it. But he will. He not only can, he will. When we believe. Everybody say believe. And then it goes over in the end, and he, he's speaking to him. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. You know, I believe when we stand against the odds that there's an authority that comes into our life that um, when we win, when we see God be who he says he is, and we see the victory in that, there's a greater authority that rises up on the inside of us for the next thing that we face when the odds are against us. And so that's why it's so important to press through those things that look like they're going to overtake you. God's going to overtake them those situations in our lives. And um, I, I was thinking about um, in John 11, um, I just heard this word, bet on Jesus, and I was talking to Bonnie Beadle on the phone, who was one of the ladies that started our church with us. I said, I said, do you think it's proper to say bet on Jesus in church? She said, oh, they say anything in church anymore. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> and that's the truth. But what I'm saying is, Always be certain that Jesus is going to do what he says he's going to do. And you will win if you put your confidence in him and not in what you see. And uh, in, the, in the story of Jesus and Lazarus uh, in John 11, uh, you know, Lazarus was dead. Everybody say dead. And uh, nobody really had come to life like this situation was. I mean, he was dead for four days. Everybody say four days. But Jesus, before he got to Lazarus in verse 25 of 11, said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. 
and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And, you know, for us as believers, death, physical death will not end our life. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's the truth. Physical death will not end your life. What ends life, the way people think life is ended, is if people don't receive Jesus. Because that is an eternity in hell. So what keeps you alive forevermore is to receive Jesus Christ. And now we live forever. We just are transferred to a different location. And so in this situation, he says, do you believe this? And then he proceeds to go to the tomb. And uh, I want to look at verses 34. And he said, uh, where have you laid him? He was speaking to Mary. uh, and, And he said, where have you laid him? And they said, Lord, come and see. And it says, Jesus wept. You know, Jesus had emotions just like us. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Sometimes when the odds are against us and we're doing everything we can, it looks like God isn't going to show up. Sometimes God doesn't show up the way we think he does. Sometimes things actually die in the natural. You know, relationships die Uh, people end up in bankruptcy, things happen in people's lives that look like the end, but then God does something and resurrects the whole thing. Everybody say, praise God. But you have to defy the odds. You have to stand against that thing. And so that's what Jesus did. Then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And he said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench. He will stink, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? If you will defy the odds, you will see the glory of God. It won't be anything we do because, remember, when we're doing what we're supposed to do, God is behind the scenes making it happen. We don't make it happen. Danny didn't get healed because Danny did radiation. Danny got healed because God intervened in his life, and he is healed by the power of God. And that's why Dr. Harb, I know Dr. Harb, he's a good man, and he does a, a lot of good things to help people with cancer. And I'm sure, you know, that he's watching Danny, and he's seeing that testimony of Danny's words that he's healed. He's had a miracle. Everybody say, a miracle. When you defy the odds, you put yourself in a position for miracles. And, you know, the church is like hoping and wishing and, and thinking, you know, and, and all those things. But there's, there's a, 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 dis, a decision you have to make. I mean, you know, Jesus went to the tomb, and he says, Lazarus, come out. And uh, he came out. Came out, I guess, hopping because it says he was all bound up. But they said, well, take the grave clothes off. The man's alive. I'm paraphrasing. And they took the grave clothes off, and he was alive. Everybody say alive. <laughs> and, but you know what Jesus said when he stood there? And this is, God taught me this a long time ago. He said, pray like this. Always thank me. Everybody say thank him. What is that praise? That is praise. If you look at my prayer journal, it says, thank you, Lord, for fixing this. Thank you, Lord, for fixing that. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for healing this person. Thank you. Uh, You know, I just, he taught me that when I lived alone with my children, and I began to say it. 
And he's standing and he says, tell him to take away the stone. Did I not say to you? And then he says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Say that. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. You know, when you step out to defy the odds, then you call on him. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. You know, that song that we sang tonight, what a powerful name it is. What a powerful name. Death could not hold him. The grave could not hold him. And he has no rival. What does that mean? The devil is defeated. If, if he had a rival, it would be the devil. But the devil is defeated. So there's no longer a rival for Jesus. There's no longer a rival for you or me if we believe. Everybody say believe. And that's what he said. Do you not believe? Do, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Take away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe. Everybody say believe. That you sent me. Why was he doing that? He was doing that so their believer would work. Now, let me tell you, there's always a reward. Lazarus got the reward. <laughs> but also, the people became believers. Everybody say believers. Now, this is the other side of it, but you don't need to be fearful. As soon as this was finished, he goes on and says, and I know that you always hear me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. He who had died came out bound with foot and hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. And immediately, my Bible says, and the plot to kill Jesus began. If you read it, it said over, it says over here, um, from that day, verse 53 on, they plotted to put him to death. You know, the devil doesn't like it when you defy the odds. He doesn't like it when you press against what his lies are and you say, no, I'm, I'm not going to, that's not going to be me. Everybody say, that's not going to be me. That is not going to be me. And you may be in the midst of it right now. I, I, I believe I have, God's given me a word for single parents, man or woman. And, um, you know, I was one. Um, sounds like, you know, some kind of bad thing. But I was one. And with three kids by myself. How many of you in here are single and you're raising children? Yeah. Well, I'm going to speak to you today. The welfare system has no power over you. Because they're not your source. And you can defy the odds. I know you tried. You went to school. And you fought the devil. Only he fought you back. He will fight you back. But if you continue to praise God and put God first, he will overcome the enemy. You don't need the welfare to have a babysitter to go to work. God will provide a babysitter to go to work. You say, well, I don't have any family. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, alone with three kids. And God provided for me to work. Because he said, you are the one that I will use to provide you go to work, 
and I'll take care of the kids. And he did take care of my kids. But he showed me in that place that I could defy the odds. I didn't have enough money. I made $4 and something an hour. Even back then, that was not a lot. I left a $6 and some an hour job here with family to help and moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma with nobody to help and the same three kids I had here. <laughs> Didn't get any new ones, still have the same ones. <laughs> Praise Jesus. And, uh, and, you know, my sons were getting taller and taller and, uh, you know, thinking I knew less and less. But God, everybody say, but God caused me to defy the odds Truthfully, because I had nobody, nowhere else to go. I mean, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I didn't have anybody to go to except God. But I learned in that place security. I learned love. I learned I could do it with God. I learned to defy the odds, even though I didn't sign up for it. And many of you, you may not have signed up for it. You know, and it's, it could be totally somebody else's fault. But that is not the end of the story. You can, you can raise children. You can have everything you need for those children. Just defy the odds. Begin to ask God like Jehoshaphat did. There's a multitude coming against me. I have no money for food. I have no money for clothes. I have no money for the bills. I can't make it this week. Defy the odds. Ask God. Everybody say, ask God. And then put confidence in him that he will do what he says he'll do. I cannot tell you how it ever worked. And I was an accountant. And I did not ever have enough money on paper. But somehow, God did it. Everybody say, God did it. And what that does, it makes you, it makes you confident in the word, confident in God. But if you never get in that place where you defy the odds, then you're never going to get that confidence because man is always going to interfere. Just like my husband preached on Sunday. And I want to give you some scriptures, and then we're going to close. Psalm 118. Eight and nine. Would you put that up for me, Vicki? Because it's very important. It says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. The next one, it says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in princes. What that means is people who appear to have authority, people who appear to be someone who could take care of you. It's better to trust in the Lord than that. And then Jeremiah 17. Um, I just finished uh, reading Jeremiah and, and um, you know, the Jeremiah, Ezekiel, uh, Isaiah all talk about when Israel is in bondage. I shared a little bit on that last week. But this is what it says. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man. Now, that's not, that's, that's not a very good place to be. Everybody say, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength whose heart departs from the Lord. In other words, when you put flesh as your strength, then you're departing from what God can do. Then it says, For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness. I don't want to live there. Say, I don't live there. No, we're not going to live there. In a salt land which is not inhabited. And then it goes on and says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. I just think that means tonight in this message, who will defy the odds. Who say, no, that, um, that is not acceptable for my life. I'm not going to accept that my children cannot have things because I'm a single parent. I refuse to accept that. 
I refuse to accept that I have to live at a lower level of life because I, uh, I've always been poor. My parents were always poor. I've refused to live in a relationship where we're not married just because everybody else did it or everybody else is doing it because I don't live there. Everybody say, that's a parched land. That's a salt city. That is the end. There will be no blessing there. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose, light, whose hope is in the Lord. And then it goes on in the, verse 18, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river. He will not fear when heat comes. In other words, there's going to be things that will happen, but this person defies the odds. So there's no fear. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious. Everybody say anxious. You know how many people are taking pills for anxiety in our world today? Anxious in the year of drought. That means where there's not enough. That's what drought basically is. Not enough of something. Nor will cease from yielding fruit. That's what happens when we defy the odds. And to defy the odds means we have to do more than just say, I sure hope somebody comes and fixes my mess. You got a long wait. Especially if you know Jesus. Because that's not faith. Everybody say, that's not faith. And it says, faith pleases God. Hebrews ten thirty-five through 39. And we're going to look at two other scriptures and then we're going to pray. <clears throat> you must decide to walk in confidence. Everybody say, confidence. Uh, it says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Now, remember, whenever you defy the odds, there's always a reward. Jehoshaphat defied the odds, did what God said, and they reaped all the spoil. John, in the book of John, when we talked about Lazarus, when Jesus defied the odds, Lazarus, the reward was resurrection, life. When Jesus defied the odds, there was resurrection. Everybody say resurrection. How many of you could use some resurrection? That can be a great reward when God resurrects things that you think are dead. It goes on and it says uh, in verse 36, can you put that one up, Vicki? For you have need of endurance. Everybody say this, I need endurance means suck it up and move on in today's terminology. That's what my husband says to me. Honey, suck it up. We're moving on. Okay. I'm going to cry while we do it, but okay. You can cry while you suck it up and do it. It doesn't matter. You know, God, God doesn't care. Tears are good for you. Brenda told me. Crying's good for you. It makes you feel better. So go ahead and cry, big girl, big guy, and cry your way right on through it. Hallelujah. So that after you have done the will of God, everybody say defy. Everybody say defy the odds. You may receive the promise. Now, I'm going to read it to you. If my phone will cooperate, oh, Lord, somebody's called me. That'll mess me up for sure. Oh, there it is. Hebrews 10 in the Message Bible. Remember those early? Well, stop that. Does your phone ask you a 100 questions when you try to see something? Remember those early days after you first saw the light? Remember when you first saw the light? Those were the hard times. Kicked around in public, targets of every kind of abuse. Some days it was you, other days your friends. 
If some friends went to prison, you stuck by them. If some enemies broke in and seized your good, you let them go with a smile, knowing they couldn't touch your real treasure. Nothing they did bothered you. Nothing set you back. So don't throw it all away. In other words, don't lose your confidence. Don't throw that away. You were sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing. Everybody say, I can defy the odds. But you need to stick it out. Staying with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. Amen? Let's stand. It says in Hebrews eleven six that without faith, it's impossible to please God. How many of you want to please God? Begin to defy the odds. Say, I received this welfare check, and it's going to be a seed. I'm going to sow some of this seed that I just got from the government. Praise God. They surely don't have any money, but I'm going to have a lot. Amen? Really, they don't have any money to give us. It's just paper they printed because they didn't have any this week. But God has got all the money that we need. Amen? Our treasure is in heaven, not here in the earth. And so when we begin to defy the odds, what does that mean? You, You give your welfare check back? No, take it. Hallelujah. Take it and use it. But use some of it as seed. Because you'll get into God's system. And begin to see, defy the odds. Say, I won't be diminished if I give. I won't be diminished if I do what God says. Because as soon as I do this, God is going to show up. And while I'm doing this, God is going to be defeating my enemies. In other words, he's going to tell somebody, call them up and tell them they don't owe that bill anymore. Glory to God. I didn't even have to pay it. I've heard God does that for people. I mean, we just had a testimony of that where when we had uh, Adam Sanders here and the hospital started telling Ruthie, you don't owe us any money. How many of you would love for him to show up and say, you don't owe us any money? Hallelujah, praise Jesus. (laughs) Anybody else want to call me today? (laughs) And you begin to say, listen, I am going against this thing. I'm going to defy the odds. I am going to be able to stand on my own by myself with Jesus and I am not going to fear because as soon as I step out to defeat these odds, God is going to show up and he's going to get all the glory because I'm going to know it wasn't me, but I'm going to be more secure. I'm going to feel safe. I'm going to know I'm loved and I'll be ready for the next fight. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus name, I pray for every person here tonight. I thank you, Lord, that your word is truth and the lie of the devil is from the pit of hell and has no power against a born again believer. And if that's you and you're here tonight, you're born again then you have no fear, no fear, because God is greater in you than he that is in the world. He is against you. The enemy is against you. He doesn't like you. In fact, he hates you. He hates you because you represent the love of God. You represent God's power and your situation.